What's going on guys and girls? Welcome back to another episode on the Falcon YouTube channel. Hope everyone's doing well and you're looking forward to this episode. So recently we launched a podcast called Inside the Mind. Now we thought this would be a great opportunity to bring something new to the channel, which is Inside the Mind, but more of a visual representation. And this gives us the opportunity to explore more areas in which of charts, cryptocurrency, all these kind of good things to show a visual representation of other areas of this. And we're gonna be bringing on guests, coaches within Falcon and all kinds of things. So I'm really, really excited to get into this series as we get to dive into so many areas. And we have a special guest on this episode. So without further ado, let's just dive straight in. What's going on guys welcome to another episode another episode welcome to the first episode of inside the mind so recently guys we had a podcast called inside the mind and we wanted to actually bring something new to the table to the falcon effects youtube channel which is almost like a visual representation of that bring people on you're going to hear from a lot of our coaches at falcon some students all kinds of different topics that we're going to be focusing on but it gives us the opportunity to show some visual elements of things that we think are very very valuable to all parts of the industry so we'll be going to be going into a lot of things some things controversial but here to assist you in a way that is giving you the truth about the industry truth about the industry of what you need to focus on to actually succeed and get the most out of it so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Abdu, how's everything on your side? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing well. I mean, I'm excited for another, I, I guess we're calling this the second episode, first episode. Is this going to be on Spotify? I, I think it will be too, right? It's Possibly, just, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it'll just be without the visuals. But I mean, it's excited to be back. And I really like the uh, direction this is going because I think there's a lot of issues that need to be discussed, you know, in a way that is transparent to everyone, to be honest. And, that, and that's someone that, like, people that know me know yourself. We're always super transparent in our thought process. And I think that's something that we want to continue moving forward with, you know, and the response from the first one was really good for that. Oh yeah, it was super solid. The feedback was phenomenal. Um, speaking of that, you've been a coach for about a month now. Has it been a month? Yeah, it's been about a month. I think it's been yeah. a month. Yeah. How, uh, how, have you, how have you found that so far? So guys, for those of you that don't know, so Abdu recently joined the Falcon team as our newest addition to the coaching team. So we have Neil and we have Benny, incredible coaches. And we just made that stronger with Abdu coming on board with the, the real vision of where we're going here at Falcon. Abdu, how have you found it like a month in? It's, it's not an easy question to answer. In one way, I found it incredible, honestly, you know, um, as a role to be a mentor. But I think that's the part that was kind of also scary to me because I've been trading since 2017. And it was the part of me when, when you had asked me to come coach. Mm -hmm. I was like, am I ready to actually become a, a mentor? You know, like, and I'm already trading full time. Like I'm living the life I'm doing the part, but the part of me that said, I was like, no, I'm, I'm too young for this, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I, and I remember I thought about it for quite a bit because I was like, is it actually okay for me to do this to others? Because obviously people are going to look up to me and it's not just about technical analysis. It's everything beyond this living the life that the actual stuff that's not really discussed beyond the TA. You know, and, and there was that huge thought process. I was like, you know what? Okay, I can do this because at the end of the day, I still have you as a mentor. So I was like, I can kind of play that middle ground between the two and use my own experiences. But there, I, 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 like, I can't lie. I was kind of hesitant about it because at the end of the day, like look at the industry. And then I'll, I'll kind of want to flip this back to you, to be honest. In the last 10 years, how much have you seen has changed? Because when I see every time I open Instagram, I feel like someone's a new mentor. Someone has a new course. And, and people that I would have known last year that were not trading or not consistent mm -hmm. all of a sudden. And it's like, I, I, do you think that's happened recently or has it always been like that? Uh, I, th I think it's more obvious now. Firstly, 
five years, five years, five years you've been training yeah. time, and you, you're wondering whether you should be in a position to mentor people. Yeah. So I find that stuff hilarious, right? Because again, just kind of uh, talking about the point you mentioned, you have people that learned to trade a year ago are mentoring people. They've not actually seen any success yet, or they might have passed one FTMO challenge, for example. And now they feel they're in a position to do that. And I get it. Sometimes it's actually no malice behind it. It's just excitement because you feel because you technically are making progress, you know, if you want to call it that. But if you've not been through the cycles, you've not you've not been a seasoned trader and actually seen all these different things that you have to overcome, depegging, like all these different things that the market that you've not experienced any of it, and then you want to coach other people. That is scary to me. But again, I would say from your question, what I've seen over the years is that. It wasn't as common when I first started, because you remember when I started, it was like, I'm learning and everyone else is like 40 years old. It wasn't mm -hmm. common for an 18 year old. I didn't know any other, even 20 year olds, 21 year olds, that wasn't normal. Where now you can meet the most random people and they know about trading. doesn't mean they're committed people to trading, but they actually know about it. So I would say just naturally mainstream media, it's attracted more people to it. And people just want to get excited and they want to just teach people before they've even really made any success and the thing is with this game it's not about just technical analysis and i think that's the part where people get it wrong they get a few results they might come up with a random strategy for example where it's like it could be an indicator base could be anything and they just want to share it and they think right now i need to mentor people it's like dude you're 21 years old or you're 23 you've got zero life experience you're not built any wealth and you've just got a small trading account what gives you the right to think that you should now be teaching other people with no life experience, with maybe two years of history of trading. That is crazy. It's funny that you say that because you just kind of made me, like, I'm 25 years old now, right? And I remember when I was 18, I was the cockiest person, you know, like genuinely thought I was God's gift to this world. Um, highest IQ, I could, you know what I mean? Like, and I was, I made sure everybody knew that. And mm -hmm. I still, and there was the part of me that was like, people say something like, oh, you don't understand that when you're older. And I'm getting this at 18 and you usually get that when you're like, seven or six or something right and i was and i was happy at that age and i was like dude i never i was like i don't know what they're all about like obviously it's not something important but i actually understood it over the years you know and i just and i think time kind of humbled me in that way because kind of looking back and kind of taking this point on the mentorship where seriously i was i was kind of analyzing some of the stuff and obviously there's there's other trading courses in time it's not that we're the only way to trade but it's the way people market you know mm -hmm. and and that was the part where i think it's really interesting because I, I'm glad you brought up the point of a lot more people are aware of trading now, which is very true. And I said this, I think, in one of the lines we had actually, where people kind of talk about the, the idea of research, right? Mm -hmm. So I, so a lot of people, I'm sure this happens to you in your life. I don't know how frequently it happens to you, but where people know I'm a trader and then they walk up to me and they ask me a question like, hey, Abdul, what's your opinion on Tesla, for instance? Mm -hmm. And then let's just say I'm anti-Tesla as a, as, a, as a position, right? And I'll be like, oh, I think it's a bad buy right now they'll actually get offended, right? Because either they want me to confirm their position because they put a ball Tesla or they're about to, or they'll, or they'll hide it behind a blanket statement and they'll just say something, but I've researched it. And it's such a hard narrative to answer because how do you tell, like when someone tells you I've researched it, what, what do you say to that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do I tell you your research is probably bad? You know, mm -hmm. do I point to the fact that traders trade the market, you know? And I love that you said that ages ago. It was in one of the recaps. It was so simple. And I was like, oh my God, traders trade the market. Like, mm -hmm. why is there this illusion that new people are coming in, you know? And it was kind of that same ideology. And I guess my point is in this, I was analyzing the industry and kind of why I was hesitant is because there's so much false mm -hmm. information, you know? And to the outside world, it looks 
genuinely legit. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and one of the things that I think I've always been complimented on is my way of thinking because sometimes I actually don't try to find the most clever answer. I try to just look at what's really obvious. Mm -hmm. I see the, and, I'll, and we'll talk about crypto later this episode, which I think will tie into that. I'm looking forward to the, the crypto part, especially of what's happening right now. But yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think yeah, it's a great on. time for that. But sometimes, honestly speaking, because what do we have right now? We have Instagram. We have, everyone can spoof anything, right? Like broker statements don't mean anything. You, exactly. can fake, you can fake brokers. You can, every piece of data can be falsified. So what do you have left? And the only thing you have left is actually the genuine statistics. Right, like that's actually being put out by top industry standards, mm -hmm. third-party prop firms, and stuff like that. So, honestly speaking, it's, it's actually hilarious because when I look at some of the stuff that our competitors market, it's not just immoral; it's just downright stupid, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you really look at who's buying that and actually believing it's real, it's not that it's the user's fault. It's just marketed in a way that it really makes you want to go for it. But in reality, it's so unachievable. And I'll tell you why. Like, look at this. So. I was looking at the FTMO statistics. So uh, let me share my screen because I do. You're, you're FTMO funded, right? Yeah, I am. So I was just looking to some of their, this is the statistics that they release publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, let me get this here. Where is my thing? Uh, sorry, my thing is glitching. This is an incredible energy drink. Well, it's actually not even an energy drink. So <laughs> this is not a promotion, by the way. Uh, but this is, this is really good. Uh, made from plants. Made from plants. Look at that. So this is interesting. So I was on FTMO's website, and this is their statistics for the month of May, right? Mm -hmm. And what we have here, so this is on their testimonials page. It says they have 6,000 FTMO traders. So I'm going to assume because I, I kind of looked into this for a bit, and there's no concrete number. But mm -hmm. the, I, I believe this is what they mean by funded traders, because I don't know what else account you have on FTMO. I don't think they include that for their free trials. Looking at this, $1.3 million paid out to 6 million people. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, not 6 million people, 6,000 people, mm -hmm. right? If we just average that out and their highest payout is $62,000, which don't get me wrong, that's an incredible payout. It's but, still decent, yeah. Yeah, but look at what people are advertising. People telling you, oh, I've made 75 R today or I've made 220% in one trade, which is just hilarious, you know, because when you look at these things, is I look at it from the point of view of, let's assume it's true. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't FTMO want to shout to the world that they just paid out something massive like that because they cool. do you go on their youtube channel you see their payouts and it's a handful it's the stuff like 10k 20k i think their biggest one is a 100k payout mm -hmm. so all of a sudden you have these other people that are destroying industry standards because what was what was the industry standard for you over the years like what was a really good month to month for traders 10 percent per month was like to, to hit like to even get over eight percent nine percent ten percent like it's you're, you're talking it's decent returns i know there's this whole thing about you know, like, oh, institutions only make this amount a year. I think that's, again, I think that part is the wrong comparison. Like you're not trading versus an institution. So mm -hmm. don't compare, like people have a clever way of making themselves feel good because they technically made, let's say, 100% on their on their $1,000 account. And then they go, oh, institutions only make 30% a year. Like You're in a different bracket. You're not yeah. dealing with their level of capital. And their goal is hedging risk and all kinds of different things, which we'll get into at a later stage. But yeah, 10% a month, like you're a fantastic trader at this point. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you see this this new era of people making 35R, but, and then it's the whole cockiness, it's like before breakfast, before stuff like that, which not only does it make us look bad as traders as a collective, because mm -hmm. I'm sure when you look at the outside world, people think we're like the cockiest people, always putting other people down and stuff like that. But the reality is, is I just want to play with the math. Like if you actually allow me for a second, because this is genuinely, this is FTMO statistics. So if you actually go Google um, top step effects, I believe they have 8,000 funded traders and they paid out like 2 million. So it's showing mm -hmm. you like what this, what this 1.3 million 
1.3123 divided by 6,000 comes out to $220 per person, right? That's if assuming every single person was trading the same. Now, the reality is let's apply, apply a Pareto principle because we'll never know the exact distribution. Let's just say 20% of FTMO's traders are making 80% of the money. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't in theory be FTMO's best business model to close off to the rest of the world and just fund those specific communities? Like, why would you actually even open? Yeah, don't account? don't fund anyone else. But like, that. what's the point? No one else is making any money. Everyone's making two hundred bucks according to statistics. Fund those hundred, you know, like that twenty percent, you mm-hmm. know, the thousand two hundred of them, and that's it, right? You just look at it from that point of view. But that that's kind of the part, and I kind of want to show this other part because I enjoy playing the math. So let me just actually switch over to this, which is right here. So do you, you're, do you ever see this one before, Mark? This is a really old compound calculator that I used to circle. I think I got it back like a telegram. Oh, there's, there's been so many over the years. But yeah, yeah. see the, the, the side of this, which is uh, kind of interesting because again, like I'm sure we've all been guilty of it. You play around with the compound interest calculator and all these returns and you get excited. I get it, right? But again, this is the part that I think from the, the marketing point of view is unethical. Like, like again, from a statistic standpoint, if you make on average, and it's not saying that no one can and no one's made 50% in a day, 60% in a day. So that's not the point. It's about at what level of capital, because if it's on $1,000, it means nothing, right? You could literally gamble your way to that and technically make 70%. Doesn't mean you can do it sustainably. You will be the best trader on the planet within like six months. Any, like, I will give you my money, right? It would be easier for it. I could, I, it'd be easier for me. I just have to stop trading, go and find whoever they are and say, listen, I, okay, I, I I'll take 10%. Yeah, exactly. Dude, if yeah. you're literally making, so some of these numbers that people show us, like literally, even let's, let's do conservatively, they're going at 10% a day, right? Because you see these mm-hmm. really exaggerated, which would be 300% a month. Mm-hmm. Look at this. The calculator can't even pass it mm-hmm. after 10 months. You know, and that's, 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 that's you might say 300 is too excessive. Let's do a 100% a month, you know, double your account every single month. You'd still be worth half a billion at the end of the year. And you'd probably be, the, you'll be the richest person in two years. The numbers don't lie. I, I think know, that's, like, the, that's the point right there that people don't get it. And people have asked me this question all along, right? They don't understand this big illusion just, just from what you just actually broke down there on the maps. It's like, well, where, where are these, where are these payouts? Where, you know, where, where, where are these four? Like, where are these four hundred? want to show it. You know, FTMO wants to show they're legitimate. Five percent of you want to show they're legitimate. Every other prop, city, whatever you want to name them, they all want to show that they're paying out because they want to get more traders to trade their capital. Of course. Now let's look at the point of view. Why are there not these really massive payouts? It's actually less likely with FTMO too because they don't allow their fund scenes to trade news and hold over the weekends. So even then, there's that likelihood of them they can't even capitalize on these super super big positions. But still then you'd, you'd have a 70R or something like that that you want to show, which I think it's just so unfortunate because you can hide behind a lot of big words, you know, to, to make it sound like you're more clever trading. Even the whole thing of institutional trading, which I'm, I kind of want to ask you, like, has that been, I feel like it's been the last two years where it's gone super aggressive, where it's mm-hmm. kind of become, may, maybe it was around the time of GME. I feel like it started a bit earlier, but a lot of the data that institutions have acted, like you're not trading institutional FXCM. You know what I mean? Like straight up, just off the bat, there's some basic principles that are not happening there. But people like, I don't know, what's your kind of opinion on that? Uh, I, I see it very simple, right? As, as you scale up, right? And someone who's scaled up in multiple areas of my life is that as you scale up, you want to get less fancy. You want to get less fancy with it. So the whole institutional, all these type of things, trading like the banks, you don't have the same information and access that the bank does. You're not trading the same market. So I find that part hilarious, but more so why it goes back to the root of why, which is again, 
rewired that we brought up recently. This is at the core as to why this was created in the first place is because there is something fundamentally wrong with the way that we think at the root of what you're just asking me then ego. Why is it ego? Like, why do we want to use these fancy words? Because again, if we can't get validation somewhere, we'll get it from somewhere else. If we can feel intelligent and feel like we sound smart, that's sometimes good enough. Why? I'll give you another question. Why are people willing to go into their overdraft, right? And actually spend money they can't afford just to look good on Instagram. But any rational, logical person would say, don't do that because yeah. we'll just keep that money in your bank or invest it. Invest it in some crypto, you know, like do something with it. Yet people would be more willing to look wealthy and be in their overdraft and be losing money or take out loans just to look good on Instagram. So that, if that doesn't teach you something about a psychology. I don't know what will. I, I'm in Canada, right? And I'm, I, I might be wrong about the statistic, but I remember being extremely shocked about it. During the pandemic, um, Statistics Canada released the statistic because it was around the time where stimulus was starting to come out and, and the mortgages being frozen and stuff like that. I yeah. think that 73% of Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck. And that doesn't mean that they're broke. It means you could be making 100K and you're mm -hmm. just spending like whatever that monthly salary is and you're not saving anything. I think there's another statistic that says most people in America can't afford to drop $1,000 on the spot. You know, like mm -hmm. just like losing $1,000 would actually cripple you. Yeah, so yeah. you take all of these, and I think this is where it's kind of funny because you take all these like very known statistics, right? Where people really don't, are not good at saving money. People accumulate a lot of debt. Our household to income debt ratio here in Canada, I believe Australia too, is like over a dollar. Like you, you spend more than a dollar for every dollar you make. So you're just always in this slow decline, but we just have these credit systems that allow us to just accumulate more and more and maybe hedge it on the house because why not? It's a pay interest indefinitely. And then now you go into statistics like 90, 90, 90 which I know every, if you've opened baby books, I'm pretty sure they slap that thing like first thing you see. You look at the brokerage data where they tell you like CMC data, FXCM data, all these tell them, everyone's losing money. Mm -hmm. Yet you have these two, two three communities, 100% funded students, everyone's killing it. And you know, and that's the part where I think you hit a spot on. Like people who get funded rush to tell you they're funded. They're not going to rush to tell you they're unfunded because exactly. it's, it's not a malicious thing. It's just like who actually just goes on Instagram and is like, hey guys, I'm bad. Here's why I lost this or whatever. Or admit that. Like it's, it, for the few that do, good on them. Like actually mad respect. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it gives this illusion that everyone's funded, mm -hmm. you know, but the payouts don't make sense. It doesn't correlate with, with the statistics, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not that I don't think other strategies work. It's not what I'm saying in the slightest. I just think there's an element of it's become so exaggerated. You know, and it's, it's kind it's of just smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. And it's a big illusion. I think that part is unethical. It, right, it because, is very unethical because you yeah. see crypto. Like look at right now, you know, and we'll get into the crypto part a bit later, but like just go back two months when the bull run was actively happening, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's a trader all of a sudden. Everyone knows crypto. It's the same thing we saw in 2017. It's the same thing we saw in 2013, you know, where, and then all of a sudden right now they die out. You know, you get one crash and they disappear. That one is a bit more hidden because it's the crypto side. You want to blame Elon. You want to blame God knows what. Go for it. But when it comes to investor capital, I mean, like, and I kind of want to talk about this for a bit, where it's like, investor capital has never been easier than what it is now. You know, I'm kind of like, as someone who has both in real life investor capital as well as prop firms, um, I think there's part of me that's a bit jealous of new traders. You know, what I mean, I was like, man, because I, I, I mean, you, you probably have to test to that. Like, you had to get it a proper, proper old school way. How is that like? And compare and contrast to now, because I know it's made the goal easier. You know, because at the end of the day, I don't blame people for wanting to do FTMO to get 100K because you're saying, hey, I'm going to spend five, 600 pounds, I think 650 pounds, get 100K, pass it. 
make 5% or make 200%, I'm sorry, um, you're financially free. The whole thing can be done start to end one month. You know, like you start now 20 days to get funded because I think that, yeah, the fastest you can get Ethereum funding is 20 days. Mm -hmm. You get there in 20 days, you, you hit that 200% trade first day, you're never working a day again in your life. Exactly. You can be financially free in 21 days, which... It sells the get rich quick. Like, without it, real, what did I just, just say? Like yeah. literally, even as I said out loud, I just stopped. I kind of want to like be like, what the hell, man? Like we've kind of actually made the entire thing meaningless. I don't know. What's your opinion on all of that? Yeah, well, I mean, now 10% a month sounds like average. Like it's literally skewed. Know, it sounds terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's awful. And the thing is, there is now more information. So, you know, you said about like the 90, 90, 90, right? There is now more information on how to trade than ever before, yet the statistics are the same. Yet people want to avoid the very thing that is right there, mindset. They don't, they don't want to work on the very thing that is right in front of them. 90% psychology, 10% technicals. How much percentage do you reckon most people spend on their mindset? Probably reverse. They spend 90, again, because the same thing. Oh, this is this. So, you know, they blame the strategy. You know, people will then just uh, blame a system, a resource. They'll blame the brokers. They'll blame everything. But then you've spent 90% on your strategy and 10% on your psychology. But you already inherently know. Like, I don't need to convince people. If you industry standard, it's like we all resonate with this saying 90% technical, whether it's 95 or whatever. It's we know overwhelmingly it's psychology, but yet no one focuses on it. It's like, yeah, but I've read Trading in His Own Market Wizards and I've read a few other books. Like, if it was that easy, everyone would just go read Trading in the Zone. I remember I got that photo, 2008, remember that? That was one of the first things, like, go read Trading in the Zone. Here's That's your so funny. I was going to say, was it like, is it one of those yeah, things? That, that yeah, was the yeah. only book back then. Like, that was the only book. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and that's not to disrespect the book. It's an incredible book. Like, I love that. However, you can't just read a book and have the audacity to think in a complex market like this, right, where you have some of the best traders on the planet and you can just waltz in there and read trading in the zone once or go through one course and think, yeah, you've made it. I, I think you just hit a big point right there is the whole best traders on the planet. Like you're talking, again, let's just go back on this for two seconds because it really does baffle me and it's so, so immoral. But conversation on the day is you have Goldman Sachs, you have Morgan Stanley, you have HSBC, you have Chase, you have all these top corporations, Goliaths, they're spending billions of dollars on top computers, analytics, research, um, yeah. everything, right? And, and that's kind of the part where I'm bringing you up and what I said at the start where there was the part of me, and I remember even once upon a time, as I started to go into full time, part of me was like, no way, dude. Like, I was like, it can't because part of it seemed too good to be true. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I achieved it too fast, mm -hmm. you know? And because at the end of the day, when I'm looking at all these things, it's like, it's like, dude, that just doesn't statistically make sense. In a really bad parallel, it would literally be like, and especially when you take these results, it would literally be like, here's the Euro Cup going on right now for football. And it's like, this just let's take England, for example, they change their roster and they have this brand new roster that's just so much better than everyone else. Like they're not even comparable. Like it's them versus children, you know? And then you're like, yeah, this is the Euro Cup. And, and then you're like, how long have you guys been practicing? They're like, oh yeah, man, us combined, we've done it for like, we started last year. And you're just like, and you're just that much better than you've broken the system. You know, mm -hmm. like everyone else just is bad, you know? And that was, I always found that kind of funny because as someone, as I said, who used to have ego problems, I've always kind of paid attention to that narrative where I kind of, I think it started as a defense mechanism where I try to see it in other people. So I'd be like, look, here's your ego, you know, and people coming in and achieving these things. And, and you can just sometimes follow basic history where I've seen some examples where someone's trading X strategy and then a year later trading Y strategy, then a year later trading a third strategy and then the fourth year they have their own trading um, course and they tell you, hey, I have 12 years of institutional trading. And you're like, wait, what? 
Like, mm-hmm. and why weren't you applying it for the last four years? Because if it was that good, you would have just done that the last four years. Exactly. You know, like that's yeah, the part no where sense. just basic parts of the story just makes no sense. But I'm like, you know what? I'll mess with you. I'll believe you worked for 12 years at Goldman Sachs, even though you're 26 years old, but whatever, you know? And, and, so, and you'll take that and you're like, so why were you doing that before? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's that degree of legitimacy that I think you can hide so much on Instagram that mm-hmm. yes, the test of time shows it, but I really feel for people because it's not that people are naive. It's sometimes when you don't know something, it can actually make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I don't even know what I want to say right now because it, it generally does disgust me, you know, mm-hmm. like it really does. It's, it's a hard one, especially when you put so many years into things. And even from my perspective, like sometimes, uh, again, for the way we trade. So guys, for those watching, right? Uh, we predominantly trade price action and price patterns. And we're looking for areas in which that yes, in line with where the banks come into the market, but we're not technically trading like a bank, like no one trades exactly like a bank, but we want to identify those areas where the banks step in because that's where the money flow is, right? So that's only natural. So then people have the audacity to say that, oh, you just trade patterns, right? And it's always interesting that part, right? Yeah, but on patterns quite basic yeah. to an extent, you could say, yeah, but where, where's your angle? Where are you going with this? So what you're actually suggesting to me is that you have a belief that something needs to be complex to make money. So like, what's your goal? Is your goal to be fancy and say fancy words or is your goal to make money? Which one is it? Mm-hmm. And, and I always find that part interesting because like, oh, but it's basic. It's like, but that's, that's not an insult. That's a good thing. This is what I mean We're in success. And this shows me where someone's mindset's at, that they've made nothing. They've built no wealth, terrible mindset. I've got a lot of growing up to do. Because the reality is, as you scale up, not just in trading, in property, in investments, your goal, and this is being around successful people, far more successful than myself, have like hundreds of millions. You do not think about wanting to double that. You think about protecting it. You think about making it simple. Maybe you don't you're, just, want, you're just around the wrong kind of successful maybe, people. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, like... maybe I need to be around the 300% before 8 a.m. You know, like... The, the reality- it sounds like you need to pay attention to your five closest friends, man. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I got to run with the narrative here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm shafted. No, but like the reality is, is this, like when you think about it from that perspective, you want to make sure that it's less fancy. And I'll tell you why, because let's say, for example, you, you've, you're trading, you scale up, you've got now, I don't know, 300K, 400K. Is there more margin for error when you have to make something overcomplicated? Over yes. So why would you want to make it more complex? So when someone says to me, isn't that, isn't that a bit basic? Yes, it's a good thing. Thank you for the compliment that we've simplified something that's so complex into something that is repeatable and so easy. Yet, why can't you follow it? Because you don't have the right mindset. So then what do you do? You go and find something complicated to feel validated in the short term and realize, well, when you do have 200K, 300K, 400K, now you're risking 4K per position, 5K per position. You've now got all these complicated things that you need to ensure that you've got correct. Because it's like, this is this, this is that, this is this. The margin for error is now so high. So it actually increases your chances of losing consistently, which is why the statistics are there. And I bring it straight back to, there is more information on how to trade than ever before, but the statistics are the same. I think they're actually- still have the belief that there is a holy grail system. That baffles me. The, the statistics are there for a reason. So for those of you that are jumping from system to system that can't stick at one thing, what you, what you get very good at is not another strategy. You get very good at jumping from system to system. That is it. 
And that's the that is my that going back to your original part. No, but like that's honestly, what I see about I've it. seen variations of this, whether it's system mm. hopping, which I get why people do it. I get the whole at the end of the day getting of course I've done it. Yeah, I've done like, it, you know, like this. I, I literally did, right? How did I get into Falcon? Yeah. But it was one of those things that honestly speaking, right? Where when you reach a point where you're like, Oh, here you can have a one pimp stop loss, and then the world's your oyster or whatever, right? Sky's the limit. And it's like I get the logic behind it. Mm -hmm. you know but there reaches a degree where it's actually like i've always kind of struggled with this in terms of a holistic psychological idea of i'm like okay here i am here's my ambitions is it realistic by conventional nature usually no it isn't so then there's a there's a there's a reasonable a reasonable amount of delusion oh my god that was a mouthful for me there i kind of went to arabic in my mind for a second but uh so there's there's a delete oh my god i can say it there's a reasonable amount of delusion <laughs> so which is fine but then there's the other part where i'm like how good am i actually mm -hmm. right in comparison to everyone else like there's there's better marginally and you see mm -hmm. this in like running you see this in sports where someone beats someone they're not destroying them you're just ever so marginally better it's like mm -hmm. hey you did five thousand push-ups i did five thousand a hundred it's not like five thousand push-ups into a hundred k push-up and you're just like oh okay you know what i mean it's it's just marginal because that's how it is usually, right? Someone right, sets the tone, sets the, sets the distance. Someone ever so slightly hates it. Mm -hmm. But then that's where I've always approached just look at the data and look has no, who has no reason to lie. And mm -hmm. that's where I really like looking at the outside because you're like, okay, let's hypothetically say you don't want to believe anything Falcon's saying. Great. Look at the outside world. Let's look at the third party because FTMO, they want to prove it. Like it's in FTMO's nature to tell you, hey, we're paying out this amount of money so mm -hmm. they can get more funded students, get more people trading their capital, and then they make more money. It's a very clever business model. Mm -hmm. You know, people just want to do that. And, and that's kind of the part where exactly what you were saying, where there's just this data that's just not there. And you can spin it on Instagram because I can bombard you. I can show you 500% trades all day long on Instagram and it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is we're not even going to see the outside parts of the world of it, you mm -hmm. know, and, and there's because it translates into money. And I've always found it hilarious. And this is not a shot on anyone, but a lot of people are very funded. They're, they're running to tell you they're funded. They're telling you how much they're trading, but then you never see a withdrawal. And I was like, really? That's where your privacy cuts off? It's kind of like me saying, hey, man, I drive a 2021 R8, but I won't tell you the price. I'm like, I can literally just look it up. Mm -hmm. And then they're also telling you, oh yeah, I also made 65% this month. So you're like, can I see the withdrawal of 65% on 500K? Mm -hmm. no, that, that's private. And I'm like, that that's the cutoff. Like, mm -hmm. if you're willing to go that far, mm -hmm. it's honestly, I, I don't want to spend any more time on this topic because it's obviously yeah, yeah. Start annoying you. And you're, I not, you're, not, you're not trying to be private at this stage. Yeah. You're selling, you're misleading because you're marketing something. Yeah. Right. So again, I look for congruency. I actually do this in friendship groups as well. For what you're alluding to is congruency in people. So I just find that part really interesting. But I don't think most people have the self awareness to realize that. So again, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And it works. It, works. Yeah, it does. It works very well. But again, so it goes back to your original part of the question. I do see the industry has um, developed that way over the years, which is unfortunate. And even people that I've helped as well. Right. Again, it's a very online world where people don't really have much backbone, lack of gratitude, lack of values, like literally no backbone, see through. And it's, that part's unfortunate. Someone who stands for a lot of principles, who's helped a lot of people out. So that part is just like, yeah, it just kind of is what it is. But again, that stuff comes back to bite people and it's already biting people now. Right. It really is. And so I think, again, just being true to ourselves, being true to the mission, which is why, like, again, in-house fund right for us being able to help people do that 
it's not going to be a quick 30 day challenge. So someone asked me, you know, people are going through that round. How comes people are not going through to the next stages yet? They're in those stages, right? It's because they're going through. Yes, it's going to take a lot longer, right? Than just a quick 30 day challenge, but it's because they're going through the stage. Again, it's another excuse to be like, well, how come someone's not got 250K yet? They only started six weeks ago. Relax, let people stay in their own lane. People are doing very, very well. And it's going to be an interesting turn of events in December time once we've had those months play out and people have scaled up and have broken through. And, and that's the beauty of doing things in the right way in the long run. People are very quick to tell you they're funded through these random challenges, which I do believe is our good stepping stones as well, right? It's just their model that works. Yet statistically, people will lose their accounts in two months. So the data is there for a reason. So again, people need to really look at the stats, statistics, look at it for what it is and just focus on the bigger picture. So this is why we wanted to do things more sustainable that yes, it might require a bit more patience, but you have it for the long run. It's that simple. It's why it took us two years to get up and running in the first place. Otherwise, I'll just go get affiliated with FTMO in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Why didn't we do that? It's because I actually care about people, right? Because the numbers, they put, they put the numbers out there. I don't put the numbers out there, right? So it's again, not, that, that's a deeper rabbit hole for another day. That's open to all strategies. Like that's exactly. why it's, it's not even their fault. It's you're open to a lot of people are going to. Oh, um, it's definitely not their fault. Yeah. yeah. Like people are going to randomly just luck it out. Because as I said, dude, like 600 pounds for 100K, you're not looking at the 10% drawdown as 10,000 pounds, $10,000. You're looking at it as 600 pounds. You know, mm -hmm. you get it right and you get it refunded. You know what's scary? The amount of people that, again, their ego gets the best of them that I've seen people get funded through places like this upgrade their lifestyle get really cocky and arrogant and they get unfunded yeah and, and again they and they put it out there to the world want to document their journey everywhere and and tell people every step like people don't understand and again that's how i can tell Fresh someone's drama, mindset yeah. that. and i kind of had a question on that just because obviously i like the way we trade and for i've said this the world so many times it's survived over 30 years of data and because yeah. someone actually asked me this recently like hey Abdul, what's your opinion on mechanical strategies mm. and what i told them and this, and I kind of want to hear your take on it. I don't, they're very easy to learn, which I think is a good thing, obviously, because something that's easy to pick up and execute. Awesome. Yep. I do feel like mechanical strategies, and this is just off the data I know of, Morgan Stanley and stuff like that, because you, you, you have quants, right? And these hedge funds that have these aggressive mechanical strategies, but they evolve over time. They're willing to, to, to change it up, right? Because it stops working at some point. That's, to me, that's kind of the obvious thing. It's kind of like, playing poker with your hand with your cards face up where you can win for a bit mm -hmm. but in time i feel like when people can see your cards they they, they the market catches on they the market still evolves and I was, i'm kind of your opinion on how long one how long do you think the chemical strategies usually last as a cycle mm -hmm. um i don't know if you have any data on that and then two how do you think discretion actually keeps you in the game long enough because that's the part where i know it's kind of become taboo and mm -hmm. people don't like it, but I feel like it's another word for people hide behind lack of experience mm -hmm. rather than realizing that's what actually keeps you in the game in the long run. So I kind of want to hear your opinion on both of those things. Uh, well, first and foremost, best traders in the world use their own discernment of experience, right? So we were, are you we're, just saying that? Like, yeah. like, we're like, <laughs> yeah, like we know that the best traders yeah. on the planet do not just follow a, a robotic system. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to make your system as almost like black box system as, as possible, because otherwise there's too margin for error. So there's part of mechanics that is good. Like every you want to have mechanics the same way we have mechanics. We follow very, very simple things that like we're waiting for the same thing. But mm -hmm. yet it's the, the small percentage and not every time, but sometimes you need it. There is a filtering that you need that only comes with experience. I actually see that as a good thing, which is why, again, the Falcon, the way that we do things has to the test of time for all of those decades for that exact reason. 
I would say from, from a data perspective, mechanical two to three years top end, and I would lean more towards two years is because three years in, you're already scratching your head because you've had a, normally a year of like skewed results. So mm -hmm. maybe there's some that have got a little bit longer, but to me, I just see it as almost you're kicking the can down the road until you have, because you, it's a bit like a correction. You don't realize you're in a correction until you're halfway in. Yeah, It's the same way with these things where you're doing really well for a period of time. And then six months goes by and you're like, oh, wow, I've been performing terribly for six months, but you're six months in. How could you predict that it's just going to stop working? So mm -hmm. all of these systems, like some of the most intelligent people on the planet create these quads, these bots, et cetera, yet they fail after a period of time. Why is that? It's because the market catches up. This is not my data. This is, this is nothing new. This has been going around for years and years. So I would say I'd more lean towards uh, the two years is when things start to go wrong. And then the scary thing about that is that if you've scaled up capital or you've yeah. been given some money from family or friends or something or like any third party, whatever it may be, you then go down a slippery slope where what happens? Your confidence hits rock bottom, rock bottom because you've now changed your life. You might've quit your job. You're a full-time trader, you know, all these things. And now suddenly it's going downhill and you're like, I thought I knew what I was doing because technically things were going well. You had no reason to think you weren't. But yen, yen you don't, yet you stop hitting the results. You stop hitting the numbers. Why? You, it's so difficult in the moment to figure out that something is not working and not changing. If How would you not? Have, no, seriously. It's so a difficult. Question to ask. Like, I really do invite a lot of people to, to kind of think about this because mm -hmm. I'm not against mechanical strategies, personally speaking, as part of your portfolio. So if you had a certain part being allocated to a system, I, I get it because a lot of major funds actually do this. Of course. It's scary to me to base my entire trading on just a mechanical, 100% mechanical way, because what if something did change, you know? And, and I was having this conversation on the back end of people um, kind of saying double tops and double bottoms don't work anymore. And, and I laughed, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm using the baby word, right? I was like, it's just a liquidity zone, there's supply and demand, or, yeah. or, or like, I was like, I didn't change my lingo, right? And They've I was been like, working for 35 years. <laughs> They've, institutions have caught on with, you know, like, you know, they spent billions of dollars, but thankfully in 2020, they finally caught on, 2021 now actually, um, yeah. caught on to a double tops, you know, and I've, I've always found that hilarious, you know, because that and kind of tying in with the part about the account part, it really is, I, I always kind of look at the part where, funny enough, as probabilistic as I am, I still mm -hmm. chase that certainty, and I'm sure you do too, you know, but I chase that certainty in the most plausible way that the data can show it to me. You know, and seeing that the Falcon strategy worked for like three decades, and I don't need you to like, I laughed at this because obviously a lot, you see people, they throw doubt and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, if you actually learn something, you could just go back to see yourself. You don't need to actually send anyone yeah. broken statement. You can just prove it to yourself. And assuming you've actually understood it, you will know for a fact if it works or not, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't have to look to the outside world to see if they're resonating. I'm like, this is something you can just check, you know, and, and kind of seeing everything that happened with the pandemic, and everything else like you know what if we survive the pandemic and we were able to trade through it safely too you know because that is a thought like thought process on my mind because i've dealt with problems i've dealt with building up capital i've also dealt with massive losses in the past you know like before trading so i've seen that side of life where once upon a time i did think yes i would want to just increase risk increase risk increase risk until you actually get there and you're like wait no why would i do this because mm -hmm. you're doing your stuff on your day-to-day -day, you know um but to kind of just to, before we close up on this and move on to crypto, what would be your biggest kind of advice to people to look outwards so that they don't fall for a lot of the smoke and mirrors, you know, like for them that they can, what is something that they could look out for? To me, I always say, look at the data, you know, like not, not their data, but the outside data, 
and does it make sense in congruence with it? Do you have any words of that that you can kind of see? Like common sense, you know, like I really feel like that comes into play. Like that wasn't a shot. It came off as a bit of a shot, but I know what you're trying to say. Like, yeah, of course, just like, I, I mean it in the most humble sense, just like look yeah. at the simplicity of what things are, just like use your own discernment and look at it for what it is from what you was alluding to earlier with the numbers, right? The numbers are there. So if people are making two, 300% in a day, why is there not a 300K withdrawal? You don't need to like think about it any more than that. It's like very simple. So I would I say- shout out right now. Like they will yeah. Be <laughs> yeah, it's very, very simple. So I would look at it from that perspective. And I would just say, if there's something you're gonna chase, chase sustainability. And I mean that in the most practical sense, because all successful people have found something that is sustainable. There is that, what, when, if, when do you ever hear of success stories like Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett? Do you ever hear Ray Dalio? Do you ever hear him talk about anything to do with that? Was this one thing that made it? Yeah. Right. Just, you know, so why is there? So there's zero examples of successful people across multiple industries, whether they be financial or not, all have the same thing in common. They find something that works for the long run. And I almost feel like if more traders would focus on that, they wouldn't get sucked into the smoke and mirrors. They wouldn't get influenced by those things because how many people, and I've met them as well, where they're borderline, they almost got the right mindset, like they're very, very close, or they're technically nearly, nearly there, and then they get sucked in. And then they still go around in circles, still have not made any success. And they just go from pillar to post and system to system, mindset to mindset, philosophy to philosophy, and they end up more confused with more information than they started in the first place. So I would say keep things as simple as possible. Like I've I've literally seen it across multiple things. When I used to overcomplicate things, I used to think like having more on my charts would be better. I thought, yeah, but surely logically, if I know more about the market, that'll be better until I read trading in the zone, right? Surely the more I know about the market, yeah. Get, get a plug there of trading in the zone. Um, but no, I'm surely if I know more about this, this will be better. And in, in the most logical sense, in most parts of life, that's set to be true. But in trading, give someone more information, increased chance of hesitation and if you have increased chance of hesitation doesn't matter you have the best trade let's say there is the best trading strategy in the world you could have it and execute on it terribly because you just so much room for error you'll hesitate your revenge trade you don't have the right mindset so to me it means absolutely nothing the statistics are there i really bring it back to the same point that i really want people to let this sink in there is more information on how to trade, trade like a bank, supply and demand, like the list goes on and on, yet the statistics are the same. Why is that? Just, just literally think about that and then so ho ho hopefully that will, hopefully. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a good good area and segue to kind of move into the crypto side of things because I, I did want to talk about a couple of things. So I'll actually turn my screen in a second here, but that's, so right now it's June 23rd at the time of this recording, right? And yesterday we had a pretty big crash, which is still within the range though of, of the technicals and I'll show that on the screen in a second, mm -hmm. but we still stayed within the range yet the narrative, and I'm talking about the public narrative here, right? Because you can say this is um, dumping on the retailers and stuff like that, but let's go back a month ago, right? Somewhere in late April, early May, the narrative was institutions are here, Bitcoin's mm -hmm. the currency. And this is where the word institution kind of scares me a bit. And for those of you that saw, I, I don't know where I talked about this, where I actually forced a, not a bearish stance, but in terms of is, I'm not super bullish that we're going to a million dollars this run. And a huge part of it is because, and I think you can attest to this, and in another way, like how many times have you heard AI trading is going to take over? You know, I spoke, I spoke with this about Stephen Goldstein at the Falcon FX conference, right? It was funny because at that time, AI was the new thing again. And we was having yeah. a conversation. It's like, it's been around for years. 
like these things, they almost come in cycle. It's almost like the new MLM, right? These get, they, they come in new waves of these things. Like there, it's always yeah. new phrases when, um, you know, yeah, it just comes and goes. 2017, we had institutions. Like, again, this is the whole part where I find it kind of funny where there's a degree of like, oh, they just found out about Bitcoin. And I was like, again, we realized they literally researched ways to make money all day, every day. Like it's exactly. actually- They know. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is not new to them. And in another way, they can, they can profit on the way up and they can profit on the way down. Like that's the part where I think a lot of people, again, don't realize that part of which, yes, I know you can, as retailers, we can short using future contracts for the crypto market and stuff like that. But most people will get it wrong because they'll either take a really tight stop, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll over maximize their leverage. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get spiked out from the volatility easy when you're driving. You know, especially because the money, in my opinion, is really not in the scene yet, you know. Um, and I, I kind of hear, let me share my screen for this. So yeah, let's have a look. We've had a lot of wick fills anyway. So from that perspective, like ADA, Bitcoin, um, not so much XRP, but Ethereum, ADA, and BTC, all of them. I was waiting to fill the wick. I actually picked up some more ADA on that, oh, wick, nice. yeah, on, yeah. on that wick fill. Not not a huge amount, but that was a target. I've been talking about this target for how long for that to fill that wick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like, right. I, I didn't want to be greedy on that respect because if you just quickly grab up uh, ADA just really quick. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's two, right? There's the first wick and then the second wick. Oh, so, yeah. So the first wick was more than enough for me because yeah. Yeah, yeah, average price is just so much better. I'm not going to wait. But I mean, I, I kind of wanted to, look, without going into the deep of the technicals, I, I kind of want to approach this from, again, just the, let's look at it from the outside world. This is, this candle right here was when it was announced in the world that Elon Musk bought $1.5 billion worth of I remember. Right? So, and then I think the, the average price comes out to somewhere in this, like this 1.5 billion worth, this average price is somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. So Elon Musk, arguably one of the smartest people on the planet, you know, runs two major companies, SpaceX and Tesla, invest in, in Bitcoin, right? Life's great, it's going up, we're going to the moon. Um, obviously we have the narrative where the dollar is being printed, stimulus, you know, you were talking that new bill at the time that Biden proposed. Um, inflation is here, right? Which funny enough, if you actually look at the Google trend inflation, we have more searches about it this year than we did last year, even though yes, we did print more money this year, last year's one would have mattered more because that's where I think we printed 25% so or something around there where that first number actually matters a lot more. And the more you print now, the, the less it means actually because there's more and more of the supply, right? So funny enough, inflation wasn't really being searched last year, yet this year was being aggressive. That always tells me it's like, hey, why is everyone searching this? What's the narrative going on? Mm -hmm. So Elon, it's, it's announced to the world, it pushes up. Then we get to here, right? And at the top here, this is where everything's fantastic, life's great. Nobody wants to sell, obviously, because God forbid anyone ever actualizes any profits because it's gonna keep on going. Mm -hmm. And then just around when we get here, then all of a sudden Bitcoin's not eco-friendly. It doesn't, it's not good. The hash rate's bad, it's getting banned in China. All the narrative switches at the top, you know, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And it's like, there's the part of me when, and then Tesla stops taking Bitcoin as payment, mm -hmm. which, Part of me tells me, really, that Elon, like Elon Musk, who's literally the person on making green renewable energy and travel to outer space, did not look into energy. Mm -hmm. Like, really? It, like, it, that's it, the part where it's like. Isn't that, an, isn't that just a basic ascending channel? Or have I, have I got it, it's too basic. No, it can't be that, right? But <laughs> I think those are the questions that become a bit interesting. And now you can take this hidden trollers, which I think. Is this not the biggest head and shoulders I've ever seen in my life? Like, I don't know about you, Mark. Have you seen something more than this? <laughs> no, like, and, and I know it kind of almost looks like a head and shoulders, but it's just 
again, I, I don't buy that at all. I mean, just, you just just literally measure that and see. Yeah, to the neckline, which I think everyone knows, you measure from the neckline to the top, and then you just take it out. Shit, we that takes us to about minus three point five k, depending on the data price, right? Which I think kind of nullifies a bit of that bear stance. Like, don't get me wrong, I think there still could be a bear situation on the cards and predominantly, but with fear and stuff, and it's not for me to give a bias, which my bias is still bullish, by the way. If I'm going to put that publicly out there. Yeah. I still am, um, like funny enough, we broke the low, we retraced, we crawled back in, we filled the wick, you know, like we did fill it over here with that one, but I think this is a more proper film. I think you can also see it on the, uh, on this one too. I think that shows a lot more where um, we've come around and really filled that wick properly. But obviously when things are going down, they go down faster, you know, because that's, and that's kind of going back to that psychology thing where if everybody's so good at trading and everybody's like so awesome, why do, why do sell-offs happen? Why does that panic come through? Why do all these things where all of a sudden, I'm hearing no institutional talk anymore. People are blaming Elon for this, when in reality, you can just see the technicals show a lot of this. Now, it didn't show the exact price point because when we were new all-time highs, it's a lot more difficult to, to pinpoint like areas and stuff. But for the most part, we're still filling the same liquidity zones. We're still doing the same things. But scapegoat and the narrative is to blame Elon. You know, and obviously the last point I want to make before I flip it back to you is like, look at the SEC case with, with Ripple. Mm -hmm. And I think it was about a, a few days before the crash. Some bad news came to XRP. Um, the, the case extended for 60 days, mm -hmm. you know, and I kind of lined up the data and I was like, hey, what comes with 60 days? Well, if you look at a lot of the major buys, you look at Elon Musk, you look at MicroStrategy, which have a lot also invested in, in crypto, they hit their one year in September, you know, I think there's a huge incentive for a lot of these institutions to get these capital gains taxes, you know, because that's a lot of money saved. And honestly speaking, because I think a lot of people don't know enough about crypto that they want it to become something more than it is. And I, I don't think that's wrong. But when you look at something like this, which like, let's just say how much was dropped in the last few days, $400 billion was dropped over the course of last week or so. Mm -hmm. That tells me that scene is still embryonic. You know, like what, what's your take on all of this? Yeah, I, I think it's still in input stages. I mean, I've I've had that in my mind for literally the last five years and beyond. And when you see things that can pull back like 70, 80 percent, that just shows you within itself how early we are on yeah. to doing that. Anything that can just be manipulated like that from like a tweet from like Elon, for example, that or like other things. It's just, there's too much more manipulation that can happen. If someone wants to drive the price down, they know exactly how to do it because it's just influence. So you can just say one thing like that, this is unsustainable and you just drive the price. So like, there's so much and there's people with real wealth that can actually do damage in the market. And that's kind of scary in that sense for someone to put like all of their life savings into something. Yeah. Okay. It can be influenced so much. So I'm very longer term bullish on it in that respect. Like I said, I picked up more some um, ADA just just quickly on that sense um ethereum just just check up the ethereum chart real quick yeah. so just interest interesting what's happened on all of them right so mm -hmm. uh, ethereum usd filled the wick um and then go ada again yes the xrp is still within that structure so a nice a tiny bit of a recovery there that we can see on that so that's still Usually the xrp lags a bit too long like everyone else like that just it's just nature of doing it which is just hilarious but I think like I'm personally, and I'm putting up, I am bullish on crypto. You know, I think there's a part where I kind of want to bring to light where I think people need to treat it both as a tradable asset and this, the other part of it's going to change the world. Because mm -hmm. yes, you know, like that, that's usually what happens with the stock. There's the TA being traded, but there also is the chance that it could go parabolic because they just, 
the company mm -hmm. actually does what they're supposed to do. But again, this is where I go back to the bigger questions. Ethereum, I'm very bullish on Ethereum. I think by 2030, it's going to be a decentralized finance. I think it's going to be incredible. But let's look back two months ago. Gas prices were like $250 to move a small, it was literally cheaper to wire transfer by your bank. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to tell me that system that is supposed to create all these smart contracts, all these things is going to be ready for the world now. I'm like the, the transaction time was not Bitcoin takes sometimes upwards of north of six hours, eight hours when it really gets congested. You know, the same logic I've kind of applied holistically to a lot of areas of my life, I applied to, to my investments as well. You know, as an exit plan, I trade the TA and, and I have an exit plan for my cryptos. You know, some of them were met and were cashed out, some were not, you know, and if, if it doesn't work out and I'm holding for another two years, it is what it is, you know, because I haven't used money that I can't afford to use, right? But to exit out of it, how would I exit out? Well, I have a strategy that I'm going to exit around 70% of my positions and I'll leave that 30% in for that chance of it going parabolic. Like I know off the TA when it shows, I'll probably actually know, hey, this 30% is probably actually not going to, like it's going to drop. Mm -hmm. But I'm now playing that other life-changing part of, you know what, maybe if this actually does go on to hypothetically become the world's reserve currency mm -hmm. or take over for finance or whatever, then yes, that would likely very go extremely parabolic, you know? Yeah, there's a point that you mentioned, which I think this is uh, tried and true for most industries. Where people lose money, right, is not normally whether something's actually worth more. It's the, the very thing that you said, which is it's money you can afford to lose. Most people lose money, not because something's gone up and it's worth more. It's because they have to sell at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And they have to sell at the wrong time is because they invested money that they relied on by a certain date. It's like you investing in like shares, for example, you put 10K of your savings in, but you actually quite need that 10K and it's quite urgent and important. But you're hoping that if you put that 10K in, maybe within, I don't know, uh, five months, you're hoping that it's going to be worth 20K. And then what happens that 10K is worth seven and you're like, oh, like I kind of need that money now. So you're forced to sell because you risked money that you couldn't afford and they're doing it in the crypto more so than ever before. Uh, this is wild in crypto where people are investing uh, more money. so massive there. You see like funny, you know, with all these crashes, my portfolio is still up just because mm -hmm. I've accumulated at the right prices. Am I as up as I was? Obviously not. But to see crash after meltdown, after crash, after the narrative, after blaming Elon Musk, after we yeah. hate him, after all these things, I was like, I'm still up. Yeah. And that's just basic double bottoms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh man, we bottomed out. Funny enough, well, I, dude, when I was buying crypto in, you had to be an idiot to mm -hmm. buy crypto in 2019 and 2020. Like, generally, when I told people I bought crypto, they were like, like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they yeah. this disgusting look. And I'm like, guys, it's the future institutions. Well, no, none of that. Fast forward when prices skyrocketed a thousand percent, guys, it's the future. Like people, it's like, it's so funny how to see this again and again. And don't get me wrong. It's hard to be this neutral in the moment. You have to live through it. You have to see it. You have to experience it because yes, you get these questions where you, you get this dramatical, like, is this the beginning of the end? You know, and you're like, oh my God, what if it is? I got to get on with it. Funny enough, I literally had a call this morning where someone, one of my friends told me, someone, instead of buying a house, um, which they bought crypto, which I'm actually for that move. Mm -hmm. Until I found out the price they bought crypto at, they bought like crypto high 50s, early 60K, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then they now sold it because they were down in excess of 50%, of mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and this person's really upset and stuff like that. And that's just not understanding that stuff. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. And that's what's quite dangerous. Again, this is why education, being around the right people, having a simple system to follow, having exit strategies, Again, you need to know what you're doing. Otherwise, it's a dangerous, dangerous game. Guys, 
this um we, we thought we was coming on here for a short chat uh hope you've enjoyed this bit of different take guys on on this episode as we said want to bring more different things and just really give you the raw truth of just what it is like uh, i'm just sick and tired of what this industry portrays and the reality is every single one of you has the ability to be successful but there is no shortcut you can't take that you there is only it's not even the long route there is only the route yeah. And for each route, that's different. It could be five years for you, could be three years for someone else, could be two years, but you're not, it's not, you can't shortcut your way to success in this industry. The market has a very, very clever way of sniffing out desperation. If you're desperate and you're searching from this to that, and you're just going in it because you want returns, the market will sniff you out and you always lose. You might get short-term success, but it'll always come back to bite you. So yeah, no, thank you so much, Abdu, for jumping on this. I'm looking forward to this kind of inside the mind. I'd be curious to get be good to get Benny and Neil on here as well and just like kind Absolutely. of go into some different we're going to be bringing lots of people on to this kind of visual representation of the podcast and gives us the opportunity like I said at the beginning to go over some visuals hope you enjoyed the crypto stuff there from Abdu and we're going over some more kind of technical analysis that you can kind of come into this series tap into it from a mindset point of view no matter what we go into so everything's kind of off limits the things that we can cover so send in your questions be really curious to know on that point what would you like to see in this type of series? Is there a topic? Is there something that stands out that we may have spoken about? That you're like, right, I want to hear more about that. Let us know. And we're hoping that it gives you the education that you need to kind of thrive in this industry. So thank you so much for tuning in. Abdu, appreciate your time jumping on and sharing the value as always. Anything to, uh, any last words? And I think just this final word, I think it's going to be an exciting series because I think it's important to just reshine a lot of lights on these things. You know, course, yeah. as you just said, send in the questions, let us know. Because a lot of the times, and I know specifically myself, how I approach it is just, let's see what we can prove. You know, like it doesn't have to be from that point of view and how it is thinking about crypto. You know, institutions in those situations, very different narratives, mm -hmm. come and go at very convenient times. You know, a lot of times the data just doesn't lie. So hope you guys all enjoyed it. And yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited for the next one. Hopefully it's going to be more of us on here. 100%. Can't wait for it. Guys, thank you so much. Abdu, catch you soon. See you soon. Bye. See you, man. Uh, bye.